0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. I'm reading today from the Free Grace Broadcaster. This will be my final reading from the Fall 2021 edition. By the way, these can be sent to your home every quarter free. All you have to do is write to the people at chapel at mountzion.org. Tell them you'd like to receive the Free Grace Broadcaster and they'll send it to you Free. Sure, they'll take offerings, but that's not what it's about. (laughs) You can receive these free the rest of your life. Christ is able to help, says Charles Spurgeon, as he speaks about this same topic of temptation that the quarterly has been about this time. Charles Spurgeon, I don't think I need to introduce him, the Baptist from England, who lived from 1834 to 1892, and he uses Hebrews 2.18, as his text, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succour them that are tempted. Well, ye that are tempted, and I suppose the major part of this present audience are included in in that list. Ye that are tempted, and indeed, if you know yourselves, you are all in your measure thus exercised. Ye that are tempted, listen to me this morning. "...whilst I endeavor to speak of your temptations, and in parallel lines of the temptations of him who, having known your trials, is able to help you at all times. They that are tempted have great need of help, and Christ is able, having himself been tempted, to help them that are tempted." Of course, this is true of Christ as God. Apart from any temptation he has ever endured, He would be able to help the tempted, but we are now speaking in our text of Christ as a high priest, in which we are to regard him in his complex character as God-man. For Christ is not only God, but man, and not only man, but God. The Christos, the anointed one, the high priest of our profession is in his complex character able to help them that are tempted. How? Well, first, the very fact that he was tempted has some help in it to us. If we had to walk through the darkness alone, we should know the very extremity of misery. But having a companion, we have comfort. Having such a companion, we have joy. Oh, it is all black about me. The path is miry, and I sink in it and can find no standing, but I plunge onwards, desperately set on reaching my journey's end. It frets me that I am alone, but I hear a voice. I can see nothing, but I hear a voice that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I cry out, Who goes there? And an answer comes back to me. I, the faithful and true witness, the Alpha and the Omega, the sufferer, who was despised and rejected of men. I lead the way. At once I feel that it is light about me, and there is a rock beneath my feet. For if Christ my Lord hath been here, then the way must be safe and must conduct to the desired end. The very fact that he has suffered then consoles his people. But further, the fact that he has suffered without being destroyed is inestimably comforting to us. If you could see a block of ore just ready to be put into the furnace, if that block of ore could look into the flames and could mark the blast as it blows the coals to a vehement heat, if it could speak, it would say, Ah, woe is me that ever I should be put into such a blazing furnace as that. I shall be burnt up. I shall be melted with the slag. I shall be utterly consumed. But suppose another lump, all bright and glistening, could lie by its side and say, No, no, you're just like I was. But I went through the fire, and I lost nothing thereby. See how bright I am? How I have survived all the flames? Why, then, that piece of ore would rather anticipate than dread the season, when it, too, should be exposed to the purifying heat and come out all bright and lustrous, like its companion. I see thee, I see thee, thou Son of Mary, bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh. Thou hast felt the flames, but thou art not destroyed. The smell of fire has not passed upon thee. Thine heel has been bruised, but thou hast broken the serpent's head. There is no scar, nor spot, nor injury in thee. Thou hast survived the conflict and i bearing thy name purchased with thy blood and dear to god as thou art dear to him i shall survive it too therefore will i tread the coals with confidence and bear the heat with patience christ's conquest gives me comfort for i shall conquer too and you will please remember too that christ in going through the suffering of temptation was not simply no loser, but he was a great gainer. For it is written that it pleased God to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. It was through his suffering that he obtained the mediatorial glory that now crowns his head. Had he never carried the cross, he had never worn that crown, that transcendentally bright and glorious crown that now he wears as king in Zion and as a leader of his people whom he hath redeemed by blood. God over all blessed forever he would have been, but as God-man mediator he could never have been praised unless he had been obedient even unto death so that he was a gainer by his suffering. And glory be to his name, we get comfort from this too, for we also shall be gainers by our temptations. We shall come up out of Egypt enriched, as it is written, he brought them forth also with silver and gold, Psalm 105:37. 37. So shall we come forth out of trial with, with better than these treasures, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall obtain a crown of life. James one twelve. The deeper their sorrows, the louder their song. The more terrible their toil, the sweeter their rest. The more bitter the wormwood, the more delightful the wine of consolation. They shall have glory for their share. They shall have honor for their contempt. They shall have songs for their sufferings, thrones, For their tribulation. But more, in that Christ hath suffered being tempted, he is able to help us who are tempted by sending his grace to help us. He was always able to send grace, but now, as God and man, he is able to send just the right grace at the right time and in the right place. Now it pleased the Father that in Christ should all fullness dwell. But where should the Son of Man earn his diploma? and gain the skill with which to use the fullness aright. Beloved, he won it by experience. He knows what sore temptations mean, for he has felt the same. You know, if we had comforting grace given us at one time of our temptation, it would tempt us more than before. Even as certain medicines given to the patient at one period of the disease would aggravate the malady, though the same medicine would cure him if administered a little later. Now, Christ knows how to send his comfort at the very nick of time, to afford his help exactly when it will not be a superfluity, to send his joy when we shall not spend it upon our own lusts. How does he know this? Why, he recollects his own experience. He has passed through it all. There appeared an angel unto him, strengthening him. That angel came just when he was wanted, needed. Jesus knows just when to send his angelic messenger to strengthen you, when to lay on the rod more heavily, and when to stay his hand and say, I have forgiven thee, go thou in peace. Once more, dear friends, lest I keep you too long, having suffered himself being tempted, Christ knows how to help us By his prayers for us. There are some people whose prayers are of no use to us because they do not know what to ask for. Christ is the intercessor for his people. He has prevalence in his intercession. But how shall he learn what to ask for? How can he know this better than by his own trials? He hath suffered being tempted. You hear some brethren pray with such powers such unction, such fervor. Why? Part of the reason is that they are experimental prayers. That is, they pray out their own life. They just tell out the great deep waters over which they themselves sail. Now the prayer of our great high priest in heaven is wonderfully comprehensive. It is drawn from his own life and it takes in every sorrow and every pang That ever rent a human heart because he himself hath suffered being tempted. I know you feel safe in trusting your case in the hand of such an intercessor. For he knows the precise mercy to ask for. And when he asks for it, he knows how to put the words and frame the petition. So that the mercy shall surely come to you at the right time. Ah, dear friends. It is not in my power to bring out the depth that lieth under my text. But I am certain of this, when through the deep waters he shall cause you to go, or you are made to pass through furnace after furnace, you cannot want a better rod and staff, nor a better table prepared for you in the wilderness than this my text, in that he himself hath suffered being Tempted, he's able to comfort them that are tempted. Hang this text up in your house. Read it every day. Take it before God in prayer every time you bend the knee. And you shall find it to be like the widow's cruse which failed not, and like her handful of meal, which wasted not. Will not my text suit the awakened sinner as well as the saint? There are timid souls here. They cannot say they are saved. Yet here is a loophole of comfort for you, you poor, troubled ones that are not yet able to get a hold of Jesus. He is able to comfort them that are tempted. Go and tell him you are tempted. Tempted perhaps to despair, tempted to self-destruction, tempted to go back to your old sins, tempted to think that Christ cannot save you. Go and tell him that he himself has suffered being tempted and that he is able to help you. Believe that he will, and he will. For you can never believe anything too much of the love and goodness of my Lord. He will be better than your faith to you. If you can trust him with all your heart to save you, he will do it. If you believe he is able to put away your sin, he will do it. If you can but honor him by giving him a good character for grace, you cannot give him too good a name. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with you forever. Amen. That was an excerpt from a sermon delivered Sunday morning, January 4, 1863. And by it, Charles Spurgeon, being dead yet liveth, right? What a man. What a message. What a messenger. Well, There's another page in this book. I just read four pages for those who might be counting. But there's one more page that ends the quarterly. And it's also by Charles Spurgeon. And I would be amiss if I didn't read this last page also. It's called Forgiveness for the Tempted Sinner. His text is, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then this short word. This prayer, he says, will not suit some of you. The prayer of Jesus here. You need not be led into temptation, for you live in it already. A man might pray to be kept out of the water, but a fish cannot, for it lives in it. Even so, you whose native element is sin cannot pray, lead us not into temptation. There's another prayer for you to pray before you get to this one. And that is, forgive us our trespasses. Pray that today. And then you shall pray this other one tomorrow. Your sins are accusing you before God today. Your trespasses are clamoring at the mercy seat. I hear their cry. They're crying, justice, justice, justice. Lord, smite that man. Lord, smite that man. And with hoarse voices, they cry aloud, let him be lost. Let him be cast away. While your sin clamors against you, will you not pray for mercy? Mercy is ready to hear you. The throne of grace is easily, easily excuse me, accessed. Come before God and say, O Lord, I know that Jesus died and took upon himself the sins of all those that trust him. I trust him. For his sake, Lord, forgive my trespasses and let my debt be blotted out by his blood. He will hear you, sinner. And before you go out of yonder doors, your sins may be forgiven, and you may be white in Christ's righteousness and spotless as the newly fallen snow. After that, then, use my text and pray to him who is able to keep you from falling. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. A tiny excerpt from a sermon delivered. May 17th, the same year, 1863, at the Metropolitan Tabernacle, Newington, England. Wouldn't you have liked to have been there? Well, by reading these messages, I bring you close, but there's no way uh, that it's the same voice or the same atmosphere that you would have felt on that day. But the words are the same. Thank God he left his words, and thank God that the Holy Spirit left a whole book of God's words to the apostles and the prophets. We have so much to keep us going. Well, that's all for today. That's all of the quarterly. Next time we go around, I think we will talk. start talking about the book of Hebrews. I've just finished a study on the book of Hebrews. However, I've also decided not to do that book every day. I will give you one day my study on the book of Hebrews and may it bless you. And then the next day, It'll be Charles Spurgeon, and then Hebrews, and then Spurgeon, and perhaps another preacher thrown in there, but we'll kind of space it out just a little bit. I have other plans down the road that I'll tell you about down the road. Bless you, and of course, if these plans are not his plans, none of it will come to pass, but that is what I have in mind right now. Please look around the site while you have a few moments here free. And I I hope you have some moments free. Look around and see the other 3,000 audios that God has given me over these 20-some years that I've been doing this. And see if there isn't something that will bless you. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. Lord willing, we get to talk again real soon. Bye-bye.